this week was, I mean, it was right there. Revival. I don't know how many of you had a chance or how many of you have been following the news. A lot of times the news doesn't follow positive stories like this, but something amazing has been happening down at Asbury College in Kentucky. They've been having a revival down there. And it hasn't just been Asbury. It's been spread to several colleges across the United States and several places across the world. At the point that I started writing this sermon, revival had broken out in 18 different places around the world, most locally Cedarville University up near Springfield, and as far away as Israel and Uganda. So revival is a term that you've probably heard, but you might not know exactly what revival is, and I'm not going to get a whole lot into the intricacies of um, explaining what it is, but the most important thing that I can say about a revival is that a revival isn't planned by anyone other than God. What's happening has been orchestrated and carried out by the Holy Spirit, not by a pastor, not by a, a church committee or a church board or anything like that. The revival is conducted and planned out and, and written out entirely by God. It's God working in a big way right now, and we're all a part of that. Revival is the Holy Spirit bringing believers together as Jesus prayed that they may all be one. Revival is experiencing the richness and the blessings of the power of God in our own lives. Revival is the verification of His presence in the world today. Revival is an interaction as our spirit communes with the Holy Spirit. And revival is a display of what it looks like when God's people come together and worship Him. When news of the revival on Asbury spread this week, they interviewed a, a pastor at a church in Lee, Tennessee. And they were seeing what was going on in Kentucky, and they wanted a part of that. They wanted, they said, why not here? Why not now? And not long after they said this, revival broke out at the university in Lee, Tennessee. Revival is something that's desired and much desired by God's people, something that's much needed. Revival is an actualization of the greatest need, and that's our need to know God. So revival is also the love unleashed in our hearts. Just like that song that I requested this morning, just one little spark can start that fire, and we can all pray that that, can, that spark begins with me. And that's where revival begins. It begins in our heart. It begins with that sincere desire to get closer to God, to worship God. That's what's going on, breaking out in all these universities and all these places right now. It begins with genuine salvation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Beyond the new has come, which is found in 2 Corinthians 2, 5-17. So, some questions I have to ask yourself, if you're desiring a revival in your own heart, if you're desiring a revival within this church, within this city, 
What do we need to do? Well, we need to answer some questions for ourselves. Again, revival begins with genuine salvation. I'm going to make the assumption that everybody here is saved. So the next part is, is I'm going to ask, though, is was there a time in your life when you genuinely repented of and were aware and turned away from sins in your own life? Was there a time in your life when you placed all your trust in Jesus Christ alone to save me? And was there a time in your life when you completely surrendered to Jesus as the Master and the Lord of your whole life? That's where revival begins, right at salvation. That's when our spirit is revived. The revival also begins with God's Word. Psalm 119.97 says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your promise is well tried, and your servant loves it. So do you love to read and meditate on God's Word? Are your personal devotions consistent and meaningful? And do you apply God's Word to your everyday life? Do you consult God's Word when you go when you're making decisions? Do you seek God's guidance? Revival begins with humility. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is contrite and lowly spirit. Revive the spirit of the lowly, and revive the heart of the contrite. Isaiah 57, 15. Are you quick to recognize and agree with God in confession when you have sinned? And are you quick to admit your wrong to others? And do you rejoice when others are praised and recognized, but your own accomplishments go unnoticed by people? Revival begins with humility. Revival begins with obedience. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? And then Hebrews 13.17 says, Behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. Revival begins with our own obedience to God. Do you consistently obey what you know God wants you to do? And do you consistently obey the human authorities that God has placed over your life? That's all a part of a true revival. Revival begins with a pure heart. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When you do sin, and I hate to say it, but as Christians, we're still people, we still sin. Do you confess your sins by name when you become aware of them? Do you call out the sin that you did admitting knowingly that, yes, that specific thing was a sin? Or do you just say, forgive me, I'm a sinner? Which, we're all sinners, so that's kind of a, kind of a cop-out. Do you keep a short account of sins with God and confess and forsake as he 
convicts you? And are you willing to give up your sin for God? As Pastor Mike mentioned just a few minutes ago, this coming week is Ash Wednesday, and we have a service when we kind of square up those accounts and do a little bit of a self-evaluation of ourselves. We have a con- or we have a conscience. We need that conscience to be clear. Revival also begins with a clear conscience. So I always take pains to have a clear conscience towards both God and man, was the words of the Apostle Paul in Acts 24:16. Do you consistently seek forgiveness from those that you've wronged or offended? And is your conscience clear with every person? Can you honestly say that there is no one that I have wronged or offended in any way and not gone back to that the person and sought forgiveness and made it right? Revival begins with right priorities. But seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. This one might hurt a little, Does your schedule reveal, if you open up that little calendar on your phone, if you open up that little um, calendar that you might keep, does your schedule reveal that God is first in your life? And for that matter, does your checkbook reveal that God is first in your life? Revival is all about our priorities about putting God first, about putting God's wants and needs first. That's where we begin. Revival begins with our values, with our personal values. Colossians 3.12 says, Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Do you love what God loves and hate what God hates? Do you value the things that please God? For example, giving. Lots of gifts given like up here, which is also our witness. Witness to lost souls. Do you value studying His Word? Do you value praying? Do you make time to do those things? Do you have time set aside? Are your affections and goals fixed on eternal values? Are you looking ahead and putting up treasures in heaven, or are you just trying to build your kingdom here? Affection and goals... um, on eternal values is where we need to be focused. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered and loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. That's the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians. Revival also begins with spirit control. It says, 
And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Give thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then jumping down to Galatians 5.22-25, we're reminded of the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It says, against these things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Are you allowing Jesus to be the Lord of your life in every area? Not just on Sunday mornings, but throughout the work week, throughout your night, throughout your day-to-day activities. Are you allowing Jesus to be Lord of all of that, or are you just cutting out this little hour on Sunday morning to give him? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to control your life in every aspect? And is there a consistent evidence of the fruit of the Spirit being produced in your life? Can other people recognize that? The revival also begins with our first love. Philippians 1, 21 and 23 says, For to me... To live is Christ and to die is gain. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. Are you as much in love with Jesus as you have ever been, or has that love faded? Are you devoted to Jesus, filled with his joy and peace, and making him the continual object of your affection and the focus of your worship? Revival begins with our motives. Matthew twenty-eight or Matthew ten twenty-eight says, "And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul; rather fear him who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell." And then Acts five twenty-nine says, "But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men.'" Are you more concerned with what God thinks about what's going on in your life? Or are you more concerned with what other people think about what's going on in your life? Would you pray and read your Bible and serve as much if nobody other than God noticed? Are you doing it for God or are you doing it for man? Are you more concerned about pleasing God than you are about being accepted and appreciated by others? Revival begins with a moral purity. Ephesians 5, 3, and 4 says, But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you. As it is proper among saints, let there be no filthiness nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, 
which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. So as Christians, we're not even supposed to tell a dirty joke or, or laugh at a dirty joke. We're not supposed to speak filthiness or foolishness. Do you keep your mind free from books, from magazines, or other forms of entertainment, movies, video games, etc., that could stimulate fantasizing thoughts or behaviors that are not morally pure? And is your conversation and behavior pure and above reproach? This one's another one. Forgiveness. Revival begins with forgiveness. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive others. Do you have unresolved conflicts with anyone? Do you seek to resolve conflicts in relationships as soon as possible? And are you quick to forgive those who wrong or hurt you? Revival begins with evangelism. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are the witnesses of all of these things. Do you have a burden for lost souls? And do you consistently witness for Christ when you go out to restaurants or even on your Facebook pages and places like that? Is, uh, is there a consistent witness, a consistent acknowledgement of Jesus being the Lord of your life and your Savior? Revival begins with prayer. That's how it, it, they believe it um, ignited in Lee, Tennessee with a prayer that God would bring revival to their university like he did Asbury, like he did so many, 18 total, and as far as I know, all of them are still going. It's been last Wednesday, so it's been going nonstop in Asbury since um, last Wednesday. It'll be two weeks ago this coming Wednesday if the revival continues to go. But it begins with prayer. First of all, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Are you faithful in praying for the needs of others? And do you pray specifically, fervently, and faithfully for revival in your own life? and the life of your church, and in your nation? Do you pray that God will come back? Do you pray for people to turn to Christ? I think a lot of it, I think we might have seen the beginning of this, and this is just my speculation. This isn't anything proven or anything like that, but I believe a lot of it may have begun with the collapse of DeMar Hamlin and the football game back in January. People were openly praying at that time. People were openly reaching out to God without shame for the first time in I don't know how long in this nation. And it kind of continued to grow and grow and 
and then revival broke out in Asbury, then in Lee, and then in 16 other places, including Cedarville, not far from here if you desire to go and be a part of it. Are you faithful in praying for others? Revival is a lot of things, but most importantly, revival is something that begins in your own heart. It's not something we can orchestrate. It's not something that we can plan. We have to just be open to the Holy Spirit's leading as this takes place. And we have to pray for that revival in our own heart and that it would jump into the hearts of our brothers and sisters of Christ and hopefully throughout our, our country and our city and everywhere in between. And with that, I'm going to close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for what we're seeing. We thank you for the words that we're seeing in so many places across our country and across the world right now. We thank you for this revival and for being able to be a part of it. We ask that you would send something like that here, Lord, that you would help us to um, experience the same thing that these people are experiencing with this communion with your Holy Spirit. We ask that you would uh, cleanse us and show us the ways to, that we need to change in order to have this revival in our own heart as well. Lord, I ask that you would help us to continue to grow closer to you, that you would continue to help us to um, remain faithful and grow more in our faith. And we ask that we would be that light that would inspire others to seek you out. And as always, Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. <laughs>